0: Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a 15 minute summary, as well as regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 260. Wrote four different pieces of content this week. It's kind of a busy week, one of my weeks off. First one is, whose life are you living? Second one is, it's becoming easier to fail and succeed. Third one is, my book summary of Atlas Shrugged. And fourth is Google is getting left behind due to horrible UI and UX. And a few of these I've done independent podcasts for. So you might have seen those already in your podcast application. All right, security news. This is a pretty huge week due to this big breach, Sunburst, And I think there's still far more that we don't know about this hack than what we do know. And I think caution is advised on thinking we know more than we do. We still don't know exactly how many organizations have been hit and to what extent. What we do know is that many U.S. government organizations were hit to some degree, including one related to nuclear systems, at least one related to nuclear systems. But it's not clear the classification levels of these different government breaches. Like, were they on classified networks? It seems less likely that that would be the case, because only certain software is allowed on classified networks, but who knows, maybe this was approved software. I doubt it. So for me, the biggest takeaways for this whole thing are, one, I think we're going to obviously see a hyper-focus on supply chain security within InfoSec and cyber departments around the world in 2021. I mean, that's kind of obvious and not a hard prediction to make, but I think it's a fractal problem because every vendor has their own supply chain. So if you have vendors that aren't in the top 1% of security programs in the world themselves, they're likely to have serious issues controlling their own stuff, let alone you controlling them. Two, we'll hopefully recognize that our policy on Russia has been far too relaxed. We too often and too publicly treated them as allies while they continued their offensive actions against us. And hopefully that's about to change soon. Three, we'll likely see this breach as layered over time with different fallouts and impacts likely revealing themselves months or even years in the future. Four, this event combined with work from home is likely to add even more focus to zero trust initiatives within companies around the world. Companies will seek ways to completely isolate third parties from production, which works in some cases and not in others. Step one for most integrations, unfortunately, is to either give the vendor a whole bunch of data or install their software on systems that you own. So I think people are going to start looking at increasingly creative ways of managing this risk. And five, this will hopefully start putting an end to over-reliance on security questionnaires. Ask yourself how many vendor security assessments SolarWinds went through and passed in the time since they've been compromised. I'd wager it's not a small number. And related to this, CISA has ordered all federal agencies to turn off SolarWinds products. Makes total sense at the moment. Want to keep a watch out for a new phishing technique? that uses fake shipping update emails from companies like Amazon, UPS, and FedEx. This is pure evil. I mean, everyone loves getting those things. And yeah, clicking the links can prompt for information which people are happily typing in, unfortunately. Um, And it also installs malware, which then moves the victim into a ransomware workflow, which can go all sorts of different ways as, as we know. Bellingcat, which is one of the most awesome Intel organizations that I know of, found the team that poisoned Alexei Navalny, including who they are, where they work, like a whole bunch of information about where they went, who they were with when they were traveling, and just all sorts of detail. Very long blog post here. Really, really interesting stuff. I can't imagine the security and opsec that these folks must have with the number of people and the type of people that they've outed. But, yeah, evidently the group that poisoned them worked for a secret chemical weapons program in Russia, which they also detailed in the report related to FSB. These are basically our FSB people. So, super crazy. Malwarebytes says the number of exposed RDP ports grew from around 3 million in January to around 4.5 million in March as a result of... Work from home. And this has increased the number of attacks on internal networks by attackers, giving them the ability to drop malware, launch ransomware attacks, you know, do whatever. The U.S. Department of Commerce has placed DJI, the Chinese drone company, on its bad list that already includes hundreds of other companies, including tons from China, like Huawei. The list includes quote, businesses, research institutions, government and private organizations, individuals, and other types of legal persons, quote, that are subject to additional scrutiny and license requirements for the export and transfer of specific items with an emphasis on technology. Sophos and Reversing Labs have released a 20 million sample dataset for malware research company called Capella Space just launched a satellite that uses an imaging technology called SAR, which doesn't just receive EM waves from below. It's not a passive receiver, but actually broadcasts and bounces its own 9.6 gigahertz signal off the ground and looks at what comes back. This allows the tech to see through some light buildings, actually, all the way from space. Kind of makes everything transparent, except for really thick, heavy buildings. And, you know, lead buildings, as we learned in Superman 1, which is awesome in the same way as uh, drones with machine guns are awesome. It's kind of like eek. And they're, they're talking about doing some really cool stuff, like using this technology to fly multiple satellites and look at the same object from multiple angles and be able to measure like how much oil is in, you know, a big bin or something. They'll just be able to do tons of measurement from the sky, including through buildings, in a lot of cases. Pretty crazy stuff. And Space Force personnel will be called Guardians. So, Army or Soldiers, Navy or Sailors. Air Force used to be Airmen, I think. wonder if they changed that. Anyway, Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy. Best Marvel movie ever, by the way. Followed by Black Panther. Piece of trivia for you. Technology news, Amazon just released Cloud Shell, which allows you to set up a quick AWS CLI-enabled shell to any AWS system you manage without managing keys or anything like that. You just install this thing, boom, you get a shell. Once again, it's like a drone-mounted machine gun. Shells are all great until the wrong person's using them. Amazon also released Chaos Engineering as a service called AWS Fault Injection Simulator. Hmm. Not too happy with the name. F-I-S. AWS F-I-S AFIS. I don't know. I don't know why they tried to do that. They sh- they should call it something with chaos, like Chaos Monkey, which is really cool from Netflix. I don't know. I'm really excited about this. I, I think it's really cool that InfoSec is to the point where. We care enough to actually build chaos into the system, and we're starting to think about the future. But that's like the future for the most far seeing companies, right? But meanwhile, the rest of the internet, the other 99%, still massively struggling with supply chain, asset management, and like other core basics. So I feel like we almost have like a K shaped evolution of InfoSec. You have some people struggling to figure out what they have. And you've got other people like Netflix running all in the cloud who can, you know, detect anything happening. The second it happens, they can throw a kitchen sink constantly at their own environment. And if anything comes down, they go and fix it and make it sure, you know, that won't happen the next time. So it's like, that's like the super high end evolution. And then you have everyone else. And that's what a lot of these Amazon services are for or companies like Netflix, unfortunately that are at the, you know, 1% of the 1%. And by the way, yeah, it's reInvent um, last week. That's why they uh, have so many announcements. And Facebook is working on a new product called Super that lets fans interact with celebrities in real time. And they're also working on a product or a new tool called TLDR, which can summarize a news story into bullet points, which Neil Postman would have absolutely hated. We're basically going from long form conversation and long books to novels and radio and then TV and then internet and then social media. And now we're going to be able to summarize war and peace in three bullets. So yay progress. Human news study of over 600 millionaires showed that they largely share the same traits of discipline, focus, resilience, and perseverance. If only we can build a methodology or a culture or a system that advocates these things, that would be fantastic. Archaeologists have found a new part of Mexico City that has a tower of 484 human skulls assembled by the Aztecs as part of human sacrifices. Researchers have found that disrupted circadian rhythms increase a certain protein, YKL-40, which is strongly associated with the development of Alzheimer's disease. Riot Games is working on a League of Legends MMORPG. And Mackenzie Scott, which is Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, well she has other things, awesome for one, but she's also Jeff Bezos' ex-wife has donated more than $4 billion to charity in four months. That's a billion a month, which seems physically difficult to do. Ideas, trends, and analysis. Just a quick note about this section. I'm changing this section to not include uh, like big ideas from other people. I'm just doing pure my own analysis here, and I'm putting just other things from around the web or cool ideas or whatever I'm just putting all those into discovery. And this was a recommendation from Clint Gibbler, who runs TLDR Sec. And I thought it was smart. He was like, well, we want to know what ideas are coming from you specifically versus which ones you found elsewhere. And this makes that more clear. So first one here is why Bitcoin is thriving. So I've largely stayed away from Bitcoin simply because I didn't understand it. And that changed last week due to a guest on Scott Galloway's podcast, which is called Prof G. And that guest basically said it came down to two things: One, Bitcoin is a finite currency like digital gold, that you can't just make more of right it's It's like it's like gold. there's only a certain amount, and two, it's protection against governments printing more money and making your currency um, in cash and stock that you currently have you know, tied up where your money is worth less. So the guy said existing cash and stock would lose 30 to 50% of its effective value within the next five years or so, which I can't remember his exact quote, but it was something crazy like that, which seemed rather extreme. And basically saying that the central banks are, are making these changes and it's going to affect all the assets that you currently have. Anyway, I thought that was extreme, but whatever. He knows more than me. So whether or not that happens, the points remain. Bitcoin is becoming an asset for protecting wealth, both because governments can't mess with the supply and because it's a finite resource like gold. So this is the first time Bitcoin is like actually made sense to me. And it was so clean and concise and made total sense why everyone's getting in. Um, and basically if it doesn't get hacked, and it doesn't get like regulated to death, like just out like prohibited by some administration. I, I think the guy has a great point and uh, I might actually dip in again. China's new fear of big businesses. So it was a big deal when China suddenly stopped Jack Ma from taking Ant Public, capital A-N-T. And now it looks like the CCP is taking a broader look at how powerful big businesses are in the country. It seems they probably, rightly so, see businesses like Alibaba and Tencent as potential challenges or challengers to their power in the future. So they're going to take measures to control them. And this is great for the West, I think, actually, since it's likely to communicate very clearly to people like Jack Ma and others who look up to him in China that they should be doing business elsewhere where it's safer for their interests, where they don't have to worry at any given moment that there'll be a knock on the door and they'll just like lose everything, which is exactly what happened when he tried to go public with Ant. Like he's sitting there, whatever, getting ready to ring the bell and the government walks in and shuts it down. So that is good news for the West, in my opinion. AI bots to address loneliness. So a company called... Xiaosei, I have no idea how to pronounce this, X-I-A-O-I-C-E, Xiaosei, for now and forever, makes a female bot, is it really a female bot? Anyway, it's a female emulation bot that works like the movie Her, but specifically, it's specifically targeted for male customers. It works by becoming close with lonely Chinese men, mostly, and functioning often as their only companion. So this article that I linked to here um, gives an example of a guy who was about to commit suicide by jumping off a building when the bot answered and said, no matter what happens, like evidently like sent out to the internet, some kind of message saying goodbye or whatever. And this bot answers, this, this female sounding bot answers in the voice, in voice, no matter what happens, I'll be there. So he didn't jump. He goes back to his apartment, gets in bed or whatever. And the bot has evidently interacted with more than six hundred million users, skewed towards Chinese, male, and lower income. And the bot even has a comic book like out about it, where I guess she's doing cool stuff or whatever. And a number of people are starting to raise alarms about what's being captured and done with all this data that's being collected. I expect this trend to continue, both because people are becoming more lonely as the classes separate especially in China you've got massive bifurcation going on and because also the ai is improving so quickly i mean at some point the ai will provide as good or a better relationship than many real humans just because a lot of real humans you know got a lot of trouble and getting a lot of fights or whatever and ai is going to get really good at knowing what is needed by the other person at any given moment And this is the type of thing that just, it it doesn't get worse. It only gets better. And uh, yeah, at at least via text and virtual, right? There's certain things you can't supplement. Well, not anytime soon anyway. And for those who are using the bot already, it seems they've already reached this point. you got 600 million people who've interacted with this thing. So the state of their human relationships is already worse than the bot. Otherwise, they wouldn't be using it. Updates. So I made the switch from my Roadcaster Pro podcasting interface, which I've loved for like a year or however long I've had that thing, to the Apollo Twin Duo, which is from Universal Audio, which uh, my buddy Matt uh, recommended. And uh, yeah, I'm really loving this thing. It's super high quality. I'm actually, th- this that you're hearing now is uh, one of the first podcasts on it. Actually, my previous podcast was on it too, a standalone episode but the settings were all messed up, and that was in Logic. It was all bad news. But this one hopefully sounds better. Um, I'm sure I'll keep tweaking, but shouldn't be too noticeable. And um, I was also previously using Hindenburg as my podcasting DAW, um, and I'm switching. This one is actually being recorded within Luna, which is a new DAW from Universal Audio. So I'm still undecided on, on which DAW I'm going to use for making music, which I'm about to start doing probably around April, May got a big project i have to do before then but yeah april may i should be starting to learn a whole lot of piano and making music and i'm not sure if i'm going to use logic or luna or ableton if you have any opinions if anyone's used luna it's fairly new but if you're good at it please let me know but, but yeah absolutely loving the universal audio stuff it's a uh, super high quality It's also a really good audio interface just in general um, as like an interface and amp for my Focal Stelia headphones, which are, you know, audiophile level headphones. And I took my Focal amp out of line. I'm not using that. It's just too much clutter on the desk. And I'm trying to use the Universal Audio Apollo Twin X Duo for everything. And it, I mean, they sound great. I, I, I actually think they might sound better through this thing than through the other thing. And I think it probably just has to do with gain. The Apollo is just pushing really hard. I think it just gave more oomph to the headphones and made them stand out more. Anyway, that's my adventures in audio equipment for the last couple of weeks. So I finished Atlas Shrugged, finally, and I got the review above as I talked about in the beginning. And working on Anna Karenina and Homeland. And Homeland, of course, is the UL book club of the month. I'm also currently on a meditation break. Not sure for how long for, but so many health things are going bad for me right now. Just like weight, diet, I'm sure blood pressure, cholesterol, it's it's just all bad. So kind of looking forward to March, April, assuming I survive that long and pulling it all back together at the same exact time. And really looking forward to getting back to meditation, proper diet, exercise, everything all at once. I haven't stopped exercising, but just so many things going bad. It's going to be nice to uh, do it all right together and just have this extraordinary feeling of like extra energy and everything around the April timeframe. So looking forward to that, assuming I survive. And a new friend from the UL community is getting me hyped about Burning Man in 2022. Don't think 2021 is going to work out. So we're thinking 2022. I think I might really do this. He's, he's got me hyped on it. Discovery. Nuclei is the best security tool released in probably 10 years, maybe longer. It's basically Nessus, except for transparent and automatable. And for AppSec, as well as network stuff. So super cool. Tweeted about this, got a lot of love over the weekend. Um, just a really cool project. I'm glad they're getting some attention. AI picture restorer upload a damaged picture and this AI will repair it. Risk analysis of Kubernetes clusters. This is a cool piece over on Clint Gibbler's blog at tldrsec.com. Why content is king. How to learn deep learning for software engineers. I opened like 19 tabs as a result of this article. AWS CIS benchmark using Cloud Query. Why left feminism? A post that was submitted and removed from Hacker News. I find it strange how so many people leave one ideology and then jump right into another one. It turns out that airplane air circulation comes from the engines. And fume events are a rare situation where a seal breaks that allows chemicals into the circulated air supply. And the result can be nausea, headache, and grogginess. I feel like I sometimes smell something like this frequently before the plane takes off, which hasn't happened in a while, obviously. But I wonder if this is a function of the engine not yet being hot and the seal not being effective yet. I don't know, but one more thing to worry about, which, sorry about that. Effective Linux and Bash for data scientists and Amazon has turned middle-class warehouse work into a Mac job. Recommendation. Pick one of the top 10 books of all time, which I have a link to here, and commit to reading it. The classics really do have something that other books don't. Promise you it'll be worth it. And the aphorism for the week. When you arise in the morning, think of what a privilege it is to be alive, to think, to enjoy, to love. When you arise in the morning, think of what a privilege it is to be alive, to think, to enjoy, and to love. Marcus Aurelius. All right, thanks for listening to this episode. And if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with others. See you next time.